I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. Now, finally, part two with the author of Project Manticore, Ryan Bunting. There was a Vietnamese restaurant that opened up in the same shopping center as the Walmart that we used to live near. Mm-hmm. It was a Vietnamese restaurant. These guys came from Vietnam and opened up a pho restaurant. I don't know if you know what pho is. It's basically ramen on steroids. It's incredible. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, they Beatrix were really my suffering. Wife. I, I know what all kinds of food is now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> she's my, she's my, she's my, uh, my food muse. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm a food nerd as well. And she's like, oh, I haven't heard of this. Like she had never heard of French onion soup. And I was like, here's my recipe. I gave her the recipe. So if you eat a really fucking banging French onion soup, just know it's my recipe. Awesome. But yeah, but yeah, um, you know, like a lot of these small businesses were struggling to survive with the lockdown. And mm-hmm. some of them were brand new, like thought Asia opened maybe three months before the lockdown. We went, we sat there, we ate, we actually talked with the owner and he was like, yeah, you know, Americans eat a lot of, solid food all the time. Whereas like Vietnamese people eat a lot of liquid. They eat a lot of soup right? and, and things with like bone broths and stuff. And when the lockdown started, we ordered from them like two or three times a week mm-hmm. because we were like, listen, we are voluntarists. We believe in voluntarily supporting the things that we believe in. And we ordered that several times a week just because we were like, dude, you deserve the fucking money. Your food is incredible. And even though we knew that we were moving out of the state within a few months, we paid that business as often as possible to make sure that they stayed afloat. And that's something that, that Governor Murphy doesn't think about because he's like, no, we just need to lock down because even if it saves one life, and it's like, dude, is is saving a life from illness better than saving eight lives from poverty? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's something that you just you just really don't understand unless you come from the school of Austrian economics, right? Well, you know, um, like, did you see the uh, the episode of the Liberty Report? I want to say it was two or three months ago. You know, time is a squared circle in 2020, so it's hard to remember. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was uh, – he Ron Paul was talking about how the suicide rate in 2020 compared to the COVID death rate is like 29 to 1. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Jesus Christ, why is nobody talking about this? Now, I couldn't find any articles on it because I would have done an episode on it prior to this. But, but that's because the mainstream media isn't reporting on that. Yeah, I they don't give a fuck about that. I cannot, I cannot for the life of me find any statistics on the suicide rate of 2020. And you know, with 30 million people being unemployed, 
it's got to be insane. Dude, I suffered from depression for 17 years of the 31 years I have spent on this earth. And I am extremely lucky that I get to work from home, own a house, and do all these things. I, I do not take these things for granted. Right. Because I know that I am lucky to have them. However, well, you also know what it means to work for them to earn. Absolutely. Them, to, you know, absolutely. Yeah. But the, but the other side of the coin is that I know what it's like to be in the position where you may not have the option to work for your living or what have you. So when these lockdowns kicked in, all of my like diehard liberal friends were like, Oh, but we need to save lives. And it's like, yeah, but at what cost? Yeah. You want to, you want to lock down the state for the sake of, let's just say a thousand lives, but the businesses lost are going to be in the tens of thousands. And nobody wants to think that far into the future. They want to think of what's happening right now what's happening in this moment. And they're like, well, we want to save lives right now. Right. And that's just, it just never jived with me because I've always sympathized with, if we can just save one life, if it only saves one life, if it only saves one life, it's worth it. Yeah. Unless it's Donald Trump because yeah. Trump got COVID and everyone was like, oh, why don't you fucking die? Hope he fucking dies. <laughs> I hope he fucking uh, dies. How many times have I said it, man? The best thing about Trump is proving how petulant politics is. Dude, yeah, no, you're you're you are one hundred percent correct in that because yeah. I mean, I mean dude, that that wolf because, because, Nancy because the far left likes to fucking moralize. They like to be like, Oh, well, we just care about people. We just want people to be safe, and we want people to be healthy. But then Donald Trump gets COVID, and they're like, why don't you fucking die? And it's like, dude, <laughs> dude. So, so, it's, so as long as it saves one life, unless that life is Donald Trump, like, dude. Have and, you seen and him? That, not, and that just, goes, that just goes to show. He's not a people. Like, no people have orange skin. He has orange skin. He's not a people. <laughs> he is the, he's the only member of the orange skin race. He's the, he's the anti-people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, dude, so you're all about closing down an overwhelming majority of the economy as long as it saves one person. Right. Unless that person is Donald Trump. That happens to be Donald Because they would rather the theocracy that Mike Pence is going to bring in than Orange Man Bad. And dude, Mike Pence is not even, he's not even that fucking bad. Like, look, I'm an anarchist. I don't believe the state should do a goddamn thing. Mike I don't Pence think is state, worse than Donald I don't think Trump. the state should be exist. But... It's like, dude, if you think that Mike Pence is going to be 
even remotely different than Donald Trump, who the only thing he has done is fucking nothing. Like, you're out of your mind. I think Mike Pence would be worse. I think Mike he Pence would be because he's like. Done. I think yeah. I think Mike Pence is more politically fucking sound, and he's fucking more strategically like uh, in uh, capable than Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, Donald yeah, Trump. Mike Pence might actually get something done. Yeah, I was actually just saying. I was just saying earlier to uh, my wife and my buddy Tom, who's here. I was like, dude, the the, the best thing a politician can do is nothing. Yeah. And that's basically what Donald Trump has done. Whereas Mike Pence would be like, no, fuck this. I am making it so that we have to electroshock the gays. Which, again, that's hyperbole because Mike Pence ultimately, like, they misquote him all the time. Yeah, I, like, I don't oh, even know where that Mike, came from. I never even paid like, attention to it. Oh, yeah, no, no, they, everyone was like, oh, Mike Pence thinks that the gays should electroshock themselves back to heterosexuality. But all he said was, like, if people wanted to submit themselves to that, they should be able to. And I agree in the sense that if you want to submit yourself to fucking electroshock therapy, go nuts. Yeah, it's I no mean, skin it off my bones. It doesn't sound like I don't think he's advocating for the MK Ultra program to be ushered down. Yeah. Again. <laughs> but it, if you voluntarily, you know, enroll yourself into the MK Ultra program, that's on you, buddy. Listen, if you listen, if you voluntarily enroll in MK Ultra, you're gonna get MK Ultra. Yeah. End of story. Why, that's why that's, why that's it. I mean, that you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna get exactly what you fucking signed up for. Whitey Bulger you found that out the hard before. way. Yeah. Yeah. So did Timothy McVeigh. And Ted. Oh, Kaczynski. so dude. Um. Fucking. Fucking. Uh. Amy Comey Barrett. Oh, I want to get to that later. I want to go. I want to move to Trump though. We we started talking about Trump. I want to move to the Trump. Yes. Okay. First things first. Do you have a rooting interest at all in this election? I do, and it's because I am in the stages of grief. Um, so I who are you rooting for? I like I like Joe Jorgensen, the Libertarian candidate. Okay. Um, and I know I know most people are like, oh my god, she was like, ugh, BLM. And it's like, oh yeah, there's there's a difference between the sentiment of Black Lives Matter versus the organization Black Lives Matter. But ultimately, that shit becomes pointless. Yeah, I, mean, I am. I, I, I am. I am. I'm. I'm literally. I'm literally hanging on to. I'm like I said. I'm in the. I'm in the stages of grief. I'm bargaining at this point, where it's like, okay, so I would like her win. to win. She's, she's not, not going to win. Okay, so what no, do you? I, I'm, what percentage I'm do concerned. you have to? What percentage would make you happy though? Like five percent of the a vote, or? I honestly think because Gary Johnson got what, like thirteen point five percent of the vote. No, he got three. I think. I think I think Joe Jorgensen's going to get like a 
sizable enough portion of the vote that people are going to be like, wait a minute. Well, and let's let's just there's set, more let's, than two wait, parties. Let's set this let's set this record straight because this is the this is the most propagandist bullshit the Libertarian Party's ever done. Gary Johnson got three percent of the vote, which is more of a percentage than any other fucking Libertarian ever. That's running yep. for and and it's and, and it made us a, a valid third party, dude. Writing's got seven percent. Gary Johnson is right. nothing. I know. Yeah, he's did, and that's nothing. why that's why I say I'm in the bargaining phase. I am like, cause like, uh, so but you, think she'll get, you think she'll get enough to make people kind of like take a step back at the very least turn their head. Yeah. Okay. Because like, um, one of my favorite podcasters besides yourself, obviously is, um, Pete Quinones, the free man beyond the wall. And he, he separated himself from the libertarian party, uh, a few years ago. And he was confirmed in his separation hi, Pete. during hi, during hi, the Pete. COVID crisis. Everybody say hi, and Pete. Hi, Pete. Hi, Pete. Say hi to Pete. <laughs> yeah, um, he's one of my favorite podcasters. Yeah, absolutely. In, Pete has a great in, in the entire game, like everyone at the Libertarian Institute is fucking incredible. Between you, him, and Scott Horton, like, I have everything I need. Have you listened um, to, uh, but, have you listened to, speaking of the Libertarian Institute, just give a, a small plug, have you listened to, yeah. um, Will Porter and, um, oh, no, he's, he's, he's a new ad, and I no, actually well, haven't, um, God, it's, it's, uh, Kyle Anzalone, Kyle Anzalone, that used to be, um, Foreign Policy Focus and Will Porter, they started their own podcast together, and it's really I'm good. friends with the, I'm friends with Will Porter on Facebook, but I, I haven't listened to the new podcast, it's and that's, really that's on me. That's on me. I'm just... But that, I'm just too busy with fucking video games and shit. But yeah. Like, just um, a small plug there, man. Everybody go listen to their podcast. It's Kyle Anzalone and Will Porter. Um, I'll, I'll get the name of it right now. You go ahead and talk. Yeah, no, they're they're both fucking awesome people, and their podcast is incredible. But I, um, I'm kind of in like the bargaining phase because, like, I listen to Pete's podcast religiously. I'm actually a Patreon to his, and I don't listen to the early episodes. I still wait until they come out on uh, Spotify oh, yeah. because I'm a psychopath. I just like I'm like I just want my five dollars to go to a show and yeah. I'm just going to listen to it on the medium I want. But like, I know Pete has separated himself from uh, quote unquote anarcho capitalism. He's, he's an agorist now. Um, I actually designed his artwork. If you would like some artwork done for your podcast or your Twitch stream or what have you go to Ryan slash graphic hyphen design. We'll plug and, that uh, again later. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, we'll plug it again later. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just, I love his podcast and I feel terrible because I know he, he reached the point where he was like, I'm done with the LP. They handled the COVID bullshit completely ridiculously. Mm-hmm. And half of me is like, I completely get it. And I'm with you. And the other half of me is like, I just, 
I would really like to see liberty in my lifetime. So half of me agrees with him, and the other half is like, I, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I can for Joe Jorgensen. And yeah. I, sure. I will say, I will say that I have converted more people to libertarian philosophy in the past year than I have in any other time. So before Joe was running, I had probably 12 people under my belt where I was like, hey, liberty is great. Freedom is good. Like, fuck the government. And they were like, yeah, man, this is great. And then after Joe was running, I had probably 36 more people that were like, dude, yeah, fuck this shit. The two-party system is bullshit. Like, I had a mix of people that were like, I was going to vote Trump, but, or I was going to vote Biden, but, and I was able to convert a lot of people. So I, 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 I'm with Pete in, in the sense that the Libertarian Party is ultimately effectless. They ultimately do nothing in the grand scheme of things. However, I personally, anecdotally, this is not the norm for every person that's involved with um, the Libertarian Party. I anecdotally have had a very positive experience with people that have been uh, fed up with the two-party system. And I'm like, hey, freedom is pretty great. And they're like, what's freedom? And I'm like, let me explain. <laughs> and, you know, a couple hours later, a couple book recommendations, a couple articles, a couple websites, what have you. I'm like, hey, listen to this motherfucker with the Year Zero podcast. He's got good shit. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I have had a, an extremely successful conversion rate since Joe ran. So... Part of me is with Pete in the sense that the LP is fu like functionally useless. But at the same time, I have had an incredible time with um, people that were either kind of Republican or kind of Democrat that were like, uh, yeah, I would rather not vote for a sex offender. And I'm like, hey, check out... Uh, Check out the, the Libertarian Party platform. And yeah. if that's what it takes to get people interested in liberty, you know, whether they become anarchists or not, right. if I get people interested in liberty, then so be it. And yeah. that's, kind of, that's, that's kind of my takeaway. I, like, I, I love agorism. I love the concept of, you know, paying people directly, cutting out the government as a middleman, and doing all these wonderful things. But pragmatically, and I, I hate to even use that word because of like the, the Libertarian Party pragmatic caucus yeah. where they're like, oh, no, fucking Gary Johnson would have been great. It's like, no, Gary Johnson would have been terrible. Um, but, but part of me is just like, if I can at least get people interested in liberty, that's a win for me. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, you know, there's like the meme where it's like inside you, there are two wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and right now inside me, there are two wolves. One is like, oh, vote for the libertarian candidate. The other one is like, just get people interested in liberty. And the latter is winning because 
I have more people interested in liberty in this calendar year than any calendar year since I have discovered libertarian philosophy, anarchist philosophy, and all of that shit. So it's like, if I can at least get people started down that path and let them kind of, you know, read great books that would help them kind of reach the same conclusion I did. Like, there's this, there's this really great um, science fiction dystopian novel called Project Manicore by some fucking douchebag from New Jersey. Um, <laughs> it, does a, it does a pretty good job of, like, explaining why government is terrible and why liberty is good and all that kind of stuff. You know, they can find it on Amazon, on, kit, in, on Kindle format or paperback format. It's really good stuff. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's strange because in my heart of hearts, I know that we're not going to see a libertarian president for at least 50 years, if we're lucky. Realistically, probably 100 years. Okay, I have, in my, my I life, have some thoughts on that. Let me, all right, the name of the podcast that Kyle and Will do is called Conflicts of Interest. It's very yeah, good. that's it. Of interest. So, yeah, it's, it's a very good podcast. They do a lot of foreign policy, but instead of doing it like they did foreign policy focus, they, they do cover some domestic um, issues as well. So they've kind of mixed in the domestic issues as well. So it's really good. Um, when it comes to... Joe Jorgensen's campaign. Mm -hmm. I find her to be lacking in messaging. I I don't think yeah, she's I good feel like at messaging. She's a little too milk toast in certain things. Yeah, she doesn't. Well, and Ron Paul's pretty milk toast, but she doesn't. See, Ron Paul would say things like legalize heroin, and it doesn't seem like she's getting the headlines for saying things like that. She's getting the headlines for saying stupid shit. Now, yeah. Spike, on the other hand, and I told Eric Sawyer this when I first heard Spike Cohen speak, he has a political future ahead of him. He Yo, seemed, shout out to Eric Sawyer and uh, the Revolution podcast. The those guys are fucking Report, great. Yeah. yeah. Mitch, Eric, all those guys are fucking phenomenal. Uh, I'm friends with them all on Facebook. They're great, great people. But continue. <laughs> I just wanted to plug them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, the Revolution Report is really good. Eric Sawyer, Mitch, and Chaz. Yeah. How? That's just bad luck being named Chaz after Seattle. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, so, so, Spike seems to have better messaging i i kind of look at him as more of a heavyweight at least moving mm -hmm. forward in the in the libertarian party so i'd keep an eye on him um i also have two wolves uh fighting within me and it's are the donald trump memes or the joe biden memes going to be better <laughs> It all depends on who wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's just what what is gonna be funnier? Uh, I just I, I can't quite inside you are two meme folders. Yeah. One of which for when Trump wins and the other for when <laughs> Biden wins. Yeah. <laughs> because I you know, part of me is looking forward to the whole Trump gloating. Uh, you know, like I beat the deep state a second time type deal. 
and continuing with this whole everybody needs to go to prison. And then another part of me is looking forward to Joe Biden and his dementia moments and all the shit that he's going to say, you know, when he's up there and he's addressing a crisis and he's like, North Korea needs to understand that I am running for prime minister of England. And I, I just don't know what's going to be fun here. Yeah, there is a very large part of me that wants a Biden victory purely because the fucking mean magic will be, <laughs> it will be exponential. Yeah. But the pragmatic side of me is like, well, you know, it's Trump. <laughs> and, and that is purely because of Michael Ballas, who put it better than I ever could. That Republicans, excuse me, Republicans are progressives driving the speed limit. Yeah, yeah. Did you see what? Did and that is one hundred percent true. I woke up to an email from Twitter this morning that it, it was Michael Malice saying we don't deserve him, and I was like, oh shit, what did Trump do this time? And I fucking clicked on it, and sure enough, Trump had had posted a meme. And it's Joe Biden sitting in a wheelchair in an old folks home. And it says Joe Biden for president with the P marked out. So it says resident. I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll post it when this is over. I haven't saved it on my phone because I was just cracking up. I was like, this is so fucking funny. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of a luxury that we get to the um, experience as fucking as nonpartisan people. One of the luxuries we get is that we get to experience uh, the partisan nonsense as completely separate autonomous parties. So <laughs> every election season is just hilarious. Because we get to see it without having a horse in the race. It's well, yeah, like, I mean, it's just like you said whether earlier, Trump the wins absurdity or not, we don't give of a fuck. this. Whether Biden wins or not, we don't give a fuck. It's you know, just hilarious. Well, and, the, and like I keep saying, man, the petulance that Trump has exposed, I mean, it's like he held a mirror up to these people. Do you think Nancy Pelosi would have had that interview with Wolf Blitzer? Where she's like, we represent them. We represent them. We represent them. I mean, she sounded like a three-year-old. Like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you would have never gotten this from these people if it weren't for Trump. You know? He broke them. He broke their fucking brains. And it's fucking insanity. And And that's another beauty of being an anarchist is that Trump's election, whether you see it as good or bad, the bottom line is, is that he exposed the system for what it is, which is a fucking circus. Yeah. Like, dude, when I was, I, I watched about three minutes, of, I watched about three minutes of the debate, and the entire time was this. I mean, it was just a straight up fucking circus dance. I watched the whole it was thing because I couldn't stop laughing, man. I was just like, this is fucking amazing. Dude, like, 
our our country's politics has turned into reality television bickering. And it's like it's not even and it's not it's good like, reality television. It's yeah, like, what was it's that? bad. It's what like something that? it's like something that Bravo would put no, out. It's like, like oh, up next is the president's of the, debate presented by Bravo. Would, you know, they no, have fucking would, RuPaul as the moderator. And he's just like <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, So Donald, what do you think of uh men wearing women's clothes? And it's just it just devolved into this absolute nightmare. And meanwhile, the you know, uh, <laughs> people like to give libertarian shit, but um, and and I don't mean Big L like Libertarian Party, but the libertarian philosophy of do what you want as long as you're not hurting anybody. The beauty of being a libertarian watching this happen is that it's like, <laughs> you know, we get to be the bystanders watching Rome burn. And it's like, dude, we've been trying to tell you this for years. Yeah. You didn't want to listen. And now we get to watch you scramble to find something to latch onto as it all collapses around your ears. <laughs> and it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> it is absolutely hysterical. All I can ever picture is like that MTV fucking marker coming up going... The Real World, season three. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, dude, fucking yeah, dude, <laughs> fucking Ryan Seacrest is just yeah. like, all right, guys, welcome to present presidential debate number three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fucking die, man. And well, and you know, this is exposed so much too. And one of the disappointments that I've had during the Trump uh, presidency is the metal community. And you're a metal. Oh my God. It's like dude, the metal whoa. community went full leftist. And it's like, dude, metal is all about brotherhood. It's all about fucking. I'm going to take care of you because I want to. Well, dude, I, I was in a metal. I always thought it was always like, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a badass motherfucker and there's nothing you can do to keep me down. I'm gonna fucking pick myself up and I'm gonna go. And I don't. And now the metal community is like, oh, I can only, I can only survive if the government helps me. And it's like, oh how in God. any fucking way is that metal? Oh, I know. Like I will take my Lamb of God record, my vinyl, and throw it in the fucking garbage. Dude, Mark Morton. I, I follow Mark Morton on Twitter. He's one of the worst. I'm like, what no. the fuck, dude? Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Because like, I'm I'm a prog nerd, so I love Stephen Wilson, who um, he has an incredible solo project. Oh, really? But it's like he's a Brit. He's a Brit, so he's pretty far left, and it's like. Stephen Wilson, you made some of the most incredible prog records. Like, Porcupine Tree was amazing, and then your solo stuff was even better. But Jesus Christ, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you don't need to get involved in American politics. You need to worry about fucking Brexit and fucking Great British Bake Off and whether Paul Hollywood gave a handshake to the fucking brown girl in episode four of season eight, or series eight, that's what they call it. Like, dude, you have bigger things to worry about. 
Let us deal with our own shit. Our country's gonna go to fuck. And I am thankful that I am one of the armed ones. And that's all there is to it. Right. And well, and I'm not one of these, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not one of these guys like just shut up and play music or whatever. I just want you to be able to validate your point. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. That's so, it. And that's the thing. Cause I'm, I'm not that person either. I'm not like, yeah, so cause you could be, you could easily be like, okay, truck driver, like, shut if up you're, and if do you're, you're If you're a celebrity do. and you believe a certain thing at the very least defend your fucking point. Right. But most of them don't. Like no, Alyssa most Malone. Of them think I'm a celebrity, so what I say goes. And that's what I don't yeah. like. Now, it, but I, I hate these people that are like, just shut up and do your job. I'm like, okay, trash guy, you just shut up and do your job. Exactly. You know, like, like look, none like, of look, us are allowed I, to have I opinions. Think, I think most celebrities, I think most celebrities are out of touch with um, the real world. I think most celebrities are out of touch with what the average person has to deal with and has to go through. Right. However, I don't think that just being a celebrity means that your fucking position is invalid. Yeah. But yeah. if you're gonna, if, but if you're gonna take a stand, you better be ready to defend it because right. I'm gonna come at you with my fucking claws out. I'm gonna call you out on every single little fucking thing. Right. And unless you can defend it, you're going right in the fucking garbage. Right in the bin. Right. All right. So what do you make? Okay. So what do you make of this whole hysteria uh, of Trump will not accept a Biden win? Because I thought Trump made a good point when he said, well, shit, y'all haven't accepted my 2016 victory. You know? They've done everything in their I power. I, I 100% agree because here's, here's the way that the 2020 election is going to go. Either Trump wins and the riots get worse or Biden wins and the riots get worse. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the reason for that is if Trump wins the Marxist-Leninist left, is going to have a fucking connection. Right. And they're going to be like, yeah, we need to smash more Starbucks windows. And if Biden wins, the Marxist-Leninist left is going to be like, great, our guy won. Time to smash capitalism. And they're going to break more Starbucks windows. Well, so I, think, I don't even know if it's so going to be... So I think be... we're at the point where no matter what, there is going to be... I think it's going to be more like... and violence. I think and it's going to be more like... If, I, I think it's going to be more like if Biden wins, they're going to say, see, this, sh this tactic actually works, so let's keep doing it until we get our way. Yeah. You know what and I'm that's, saying? And that is that is that is basically the, uh, it's, the it's leftist a, it's ideology. A, it's, I mean, it's and a I, fucking... I, I hate to sound like I hate to sound like a fucking like a conservative apologist. I'm not like I I hate Republicans. I hate Democrats. But goddamn, if I don't hate Democrats more. And, and and that's why to. because they're Especially gonna they're gonna the see it as an years. opportunity where it's like oh. Our guy won, so let's just keep doing the thing that we've been doing, but let's just do it harder. It's it's, it's, it's like it's an incentive problem. Yeah, yeah, it boils down to an incentive problem. 
And so these these people that are out there fucking throwing a hissy fit in the streets, tearing down cities, were the same kids you saw fucking falling down, screaming in the grocery store so the mom would buy them a candy bar. Yep. Guess what would have happened if I would have done that? I'll get my mom on this podcast. She'll tell you. She, she would have smacked me in the... I would have gotten beaten in the head with a can of Campbell's soup, man. She would have been like, get Dude, your ass out, motherfucker. It's something it's something that bothers me almost daily because I grew up very poor. I had nothing. Um I I had nothing in regards yeah. to entertainment. What I had was a roof over my head and pasta for dinner. Yeah. The cheapest food that money could buy. Yeah. We lived on oatmeal so, and peanut butter and jelly for years. Oh, dude, PB and J was my fucking was my was my lunch for majority of my lifetime. Yeah, my mom would go and, like two or three days without eating dinner. You know? Yeah. Just so the rest of us yeah. could eat. You know? Yeah, and I have these fucking liberal arts students telling me that I'm part of the problem because. I won't vote for socialism, but it's like, dude, I came from poverty and I was very lucky to meet a woman that I love, to buy a house that I love. But dude, I had to work my fucking ass off to get well, there. You know what? You know? It's like, easier. Look, I mean, it's easier I, I'm, to blame I'm 31, I'm 31 years old. And I just bought this house. This is I, I was my four, first I was house. 40. It's, it may be my fucking last house for all I know. Right. I mean, well, I may die here for all I know. But I had to work my fucking ass off. And the reason that me and Trisha, the lovely, beautiful editor of my first book, Project Manicore. Hi, Trisha. The, re- <laughs> the reason that her and I got along so well is because when we first met, she had also been in terrible relationships where she was financially responsible for most things. Mm-hmm. And when her and I met, I was like, Hey man, your money's your money. And my money's mine. Like I will cover my bills. You cover yours. And we're, we're good. And now we're, you know, a little over three years into our relationship. But that simple admission, that simple recognition that it's like, dude, I will never have claim to your money and you won't have claim to mine. We split our bills 50, 50 because we want to that simple concept has meant the world to both of us. So is is that similar to a social contract? It is, except it's not implied. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, the difference the difference is that it was like, hey, if we're going to be together, you're going to cover your shit and I'm going to cover mine. And right. she was like, yeah, okay. So we are actually, we're not getting married through the state. We are just, we're just going to hire a lawyer and we're going to write up a contract that protects both of us in the instance of any fucking chicanery. If anyone cheats or whatever, you know, there's there's a stipulation in there, but it basically grants each other the same um, 
the same rights as a married couple, but without going through the government. We just have a contract between the two of us. And the, re the, the reason I wanted to do this was because, uh, believe it or not, Roger Paxton of the Lava Flow podcast, um, he was saying in one episode where he was like, dude, if, if I had the option to go back in time and not have the state involved in our marriage, I would. And I was like, damn, you know what? I don't think I want the state involved in my fucking marriage. So I was like, hey, let's just draw up a contract between the two of us where if I'm dying, you can come and see me. And if you didn't cheat, you get my shit, you get my money and whatever. Like, let's just draw up a contract between the two of us for what happens when either of us dies or if either of us is a piece of shit. And that's ultimately what a wedding is. You know, you get married through the state and... That contract explains whether, well, you know, if you cheat, you don't get this. But if you don't, you get stuff and you can determine who it goes to. You're the executor of the account or whatever. Right. We could, we could, we could lay out those exact same, those exact same um, methodologies in a private contract. So it's like, why have to have like, the mayor come over and be like, Oh, I bless this wedding. I don't give a fuck what the mayor thinks. You know, right. I don't give a fuck what some asshole thinks. What matters to me is what's between me and my wife. And that is ultimately what marriage is. Marriage is a commitment between you and another person. And people get all bent out of shape because they're like, Oh, life isn't just money and contracts. And it's like, well, it kind of is. Yeah, kind of. And it's like, and it's like, and it's like, if I die, my wife gets all my money, but my best friend Joey G gets all my video games. That's how it works. <laughs> like, you get my savings account, he gets my Super Nintendo collection. Like, yeah. that's just that's how it works. Right. And it's 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 very relieving to be like, you know what, dude? The government is not going to have a say in what you or I do because we will have already worked it out in a contract between the two of us, which is the way the world should be. Right. And it's beautiful. Yeah, no, I love that. You know, and that is kind of, that was my, my, okay. So I had been married twice before I met Beatrice. Like, and I was like, not excited about. Hey marriage. man, third time's a charm. Well, I didn't, I didn't want to get married again. And she had never wanted to get married. She had never been married before. And the only reason we did is because every immigration attorney we talked to said your best bet of getting a green card is if you two get married. And we were like, well, we want to be together. We don't necessarily want to be married, but we want to be together. So fuck it. All right. So we got married. You know, and we had yeah. we had to choose, you know, it was that the subjective value thing, which what did we value more, you know? And so, yeah, we we came to that conclusion. But that was based upon the options that we had available to us. Speaking of which, Beatrix is fucking great. Oh, I love her awesome. to death. She's wonderful. Trisha loves her to death. We me and Trisha fawn over your dogs 
You have some of the best fucking dogs on the face of the earth. I we are. About, I thought we about are massive is. dog lovers, and um, it's like every day I'm just like, oh my god, look at this picture that B posted. It's it's three dogs in one place, and we're just like, Jesus Christ. I yeah, thought, we. I, I thought about we doing love this your on, dogs. I thought about doing this interview on Zoom. If I would have done it on Zoom, I would have been sitting in the uh, in the bunk, and Boogie would be crawling all over me the whole time. <laughs> so you would have gotten your Boogie fix, but I was like, oh, no, I'll just call him. I fucking, yeah, we, we both loved your dogs. They are incredible, magnificent beasts. Yeah, and I would gladly topple any government if those dogs wished it. What's that, <laughs> what's that Butters? What's that, Butters? I hate the federal government. You're in luck. I do, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're fucking, they're great. Butters is just a tongue with a body. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's he is a barrel-chested motherfucker. You guys definitely feed him table scraps. <laughs> Actually, she doesn't feed Butters near as much table scraps as Boogie gets. Boogie gets a sausage biscuit every morning when I go get my coffee. <laughs> so I gotta get I gotta get him something because he's like, "What'd you get me, motherfucker?" And, and they, oh man, and they're just so playful. All they want to do is play because they're still young. I mean, they're big for their age, but they're both young. I mean, they're they'll be eleven months old on Thursday, so tomorrow. Um, so. Yeah, Slayer. Slayer's really he's he's the the patriarch. Yeah, he's old, he's the patriarch he's of the pack, man. He's old and honorary, man. He's like I do not <laughs> give a fuck. Leave me alone. He does every once in a while try to go play with them, and and Boogie, Boogie and Butters will be running circles around him, and he's like looking at us like, "Can you help me? Can you catch one of these sons of bitches?" You know, it's like yeah, well, good luck, dude. Well, and Boogie's terrified of Slayer because Slayer attacked him a few times when Boogie was small. He never liked Boogie when Boogie was small. Um, yeah. Well, it was because Boogie was going with me on the road, and then we would show yeah. up on the weekend, and he would be like, why is he in your lap, motherfucker? Who the fuck is this? Yeah. And he, Who's this whore you have yeah, with you? <laughs> yeah. And Intruder, build that wall. Build that wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! But you know what? And and that's it's kind of funny that you mention that because you know, like dogs are instinctive creatures, and we like to think of humans as beyond that. But ultimately, humans are instinctive creatures too. Yeah, we don't like anything that's different. We don't like anything that like we don't know. We hate the unknown. We're like fuck the unknown. This sucks. And it's like you know. The unknown isn't all that terrible, you know. Well, I had a guy, I had a guy come why, to my house uh, today who who is is from Mexico. He lives in Newcastle County, Delaware now, but he's from New Mexico. And one of the skills he knows is he knows how to fucking trim and take down trees. Yeah, and it's like I had, I had a. I had this guy come over to my house and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll trim your trees for this much. And it's like, yeah, I will pay you that much because I want you to feed yourself. 
I want you to send money to your family. Like, you know, the left likes to argue the moral aspect of politics, but it's like, dude, I'm, I'm a voluntarian and I willingly give my money to small businesses because those are the ones fighting the fucking hardest to survive in this. Right. Hooters, Hooters is doing all right. Yeah. We go to we go to we go to Hooters and we get our big ass beers and we order a dozen wings apiece. But well, you know, like they they can't figure out that if you stop, if you hate corporations and you hate billionaires, give your money to the small businesses instead of the billionaires. And then, well, then Amazon <laughs> then, then you shift the power spectrum. Like, see, the thing is that, and this is what I was going to say a while ago, it's easier to blame somebody else for your problems. Absolutely. And which so is why it's much billionaires easier. are the big target now. All oh, well, these it, big billionaires. And it's like, well, those billionaires provide like 100,000 jobs, so... What's really your right? Well, and it, but it's much easier to say, let's 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 have Antifa tear down the system rather than work on myself and figure out how to beat the system. You see yep. what I'm saying? Because then yep. you have to take some responsibility. And so, and that is, and that is the reason. That is the reason why political action will never work in the pursuit of freedom. Right. It's why political action will never work because ultimately, the general public would much rather have politicians say whether they do or don't, but they'd rather have politicians say. <laughs> that they're going to do X thing or Y thing versus them taking the responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's 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 finish this Trump conversation though. Okay. So I argue that Trump is completely right. They never accepted his his win in 2016. And just as a side note, Trump is absolutely a result of no one taking responsibility for their own actions. Because if you ever watch him, everything is somebody else's fault. But yeah. he 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 no they never accepted his his win in 2016. So he refuses to say, Yeah, I'll accept your win in 2020, which he wouldn't accept the Hillary win in he never said he would accept the Hillary win in 2016. But I'm arguing that even if Trump wins, Biden won't accept it either. I agree. I, think, I agree. I think either way, and I posted this the other day, either no matter who wins this election, like the United States is destined to balkanize. I'm all about it. <laughs> I have been saying since 2015, balkanize the world. Yeah, because you have two abusive yeah. parents. You have two, two, you have two good parents that let, let's just say you have two good parents that are abusive. Bro, to each I, other. I am a child of divorce. 
Right. Balkanize the world. <laughs> yeah. You have two two parents that can't get along that are only staying together for their for their children's well being, but the children are miserable. Divorce already. It's over. Yep. Yeah, because dude, you know what? Like and we live in a virtual world. It could be done virtually. New York and California could be the part of the same place. And leave Wyoming and Oklahoma alone. Yep. Cause dude, my 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 parents divorced when I was seven years old. And when I was young, I didn't understand it. I was like, Oh my god, this is the worst thing that has ever happened. Why are they separating? And then when I turned like fifteen, sixteen, I was like, you know what? I get it. Because they are happier without each other than they were when they were together. It's the same fucking concept. Separate yourself from the state. Separate yourself from the machine that you claim to fucking hate. You know, the fucking, the, the, the far left liberals are like, oh, we hate capitalism, we hate cronyism and all this shit. Mm -hmm. Yet they fucking, yet they buy all this bullshit on fucking Amazon next day, prime fucking shipments. And it's like, dude, your, your heart is in the right place, but you just need to fucking focus your efforts elsewhere. Right. Right. Well, you brought up cronyism again and I, you know, this is a point I wanted to make earlier that I totally like missed out on. You remember that? You remember that kids movie cars? Yes, sir. Okay, do you remember what it was about? My my son Talon loved it. That was like his favorite movie. I every day. I want to watch cars. I want to watch cars. I want to watch cars. Do you remember what it was about? No, because all I can focus on is Owen Wilson going, <laughs> "Wow." <laughs> all right. So, the whole the whole idea of the movie was that these this was a small town on Route 66, and they were building an expressway, a highway, um, that that shortcut and went around this town, and they were going to lose all the business that was traveling down Route 66 that had been visiting their town. So they were trying to stop the building of the highway, right? So they're yeah. trying to stop the big developers, the big cronyists, from developing these mini malls on on the interstate because it was going to kill their town. And that's what the lockdowns have done to so many people. I slept in a town last night called Georgetown, Mississippi. I don't stay there very often, but every once in a while I'll stay there. And the the there's a there's a little truck stop, not even enough room for four trucks to park in, but they have like three diesel pumps. But right across the street, there's a dirt road, and you can we can park on that dirt road and we can sleep there, because it, it the dirt road is kind of a old road that nobody uses anymore, because it was for yeah. this old railroad station that used to be there in Georgetown, Mississippi. And if you get out and you walk around Georgetown, Mississippi, like, cause I, I take Boogie on a walk and what I'll do is I'll walk across this field that's right there next to the dirt road. 
and I'll come up behind this little country kitchen buffet and I'll be on the main street and every building it's five buildings every every one of those five buildings is boarded up and closed one of them has still has the the big brass door up and it's it was the Georgetown bank and see all of these businesses all that that entire little Georgetown that entire little town which is made up probably 95% black people is shut down because of the cronyism and the corporatism the regulations that were put on them the big chase banks and capital ones that took over these markets and the entire time no matter what the progressive mantra is they have been cheering for the exact legislation and regulations that have shut down those little towns that is why donald trump was elected yep. so they have to understand that donald trump was a reaction to the cronyism that progressivism ushered in in that every time they are making these statements for, on the bene benefit of uh, on the behalf of humanity they are shutting down these small businesses and giving more and more power to yellow cab giving more and more power to holiday inn giving more and more power to amazon and taking the power away from the individuals that are trying to thrive on these small businesses. And so when I look at Donald Trump, an incumbent, the first incumbent I could ever think of that is anti-establishment, I'm like, this is fucking insane. And when you yeah. see like Kim Iverson, um, who's who's an extreme leftist, totally anti-war, come out and start saying she's going to vote for Donald Trump, it's like, oh shit, some of these people are waking up to what's going on here. Yeah. And I think it's very yeah. fucking some interesting. Yeah, some of these people... Yeah, dude. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I just find that aspect interesting. I, I, I just kind of like look at it and I'm like, yeah, like it makes sense. Why would Georgetown, yeah. Mississippi, a town of, of that's probably, like I said, 95 to 99% black, you know, vote for Donald Trump because he wants them to be able to open their this businesses why, back yeah. up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's why, like, I'm, I'm pretty much like ninety-seven point five percent convinced that Trump is going to win. I'm not. I'm at the. I'm at the point where it's like. I'll explain to you why I'm not. But go ahead. I'm. I'm convinced Trump is going to win because. Um. He's held the presidency currently, and I am convinced because 
Joe Biden is literally like, look, Trump and Biden are both kind of like two sides of the same coin in regards to in regards to like public policy. Like Biden is completely fucking useless. Like I would accept the Biden uh, presidency because Biden would get nothing done. But that's kind of the same uh, the same aspect of why a Trump presidency is not necessarily a loss either. Because ultimately both of them are going to get nothing done in four years. But the reason that people are going to vote Trump is exactly what you said, where these small towns in middle America have no other option where it's like, well, there's Joe Jorgensen. This is true. But the, like I said, the messaging is so bad. You know, it's just Joe Jorgen. Joe Jorgensen is a fucking. She she is an incredible candidate, but the person they have handling her social media accounts, incredibly and the people that they have, yeah, the 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 people they have handling her social media accounts, like especially when the BLM thing was a was like, oh, she said worse than super that, prominent. Right? Jesus Christ. When she started praising Kamala Harris for getting the vice presidential nomination, I was like... Wait. Just for being a woman. And yeah. it's like, dude, I was like, people it's like, are dude Kamala Harris shit. may be a woman, but she's fucking garbage. She's uh, garbage. Yeah. Talk about Tulsi Gabbard. You know, she knows how to roast a pig. Yeah. Dude, Tulsi Gabbard was the greatest thing that the Democratic Party but ever I could meant, have had. I meant Joe Jorgensen should, should talk about her, but you can talk about her if you want. No, yeah, dude. Like, Tulsi Gabbard was the greatest thing the Democratic Party ever had. They had their moment with Bernie Sanders. It didn't work out. And then they had Tulsi Gabbard. And Tulsi was the... She's a dying breed. Tulsi's a dying breed. Tulsi is the last anti-war Democrat in the history of mankind. And they fucking, they fucking pushed her out. They pushed her out. Michael Malice Malice pointed this out, which kind of blew my mind, which I, I I don't guess I I knew this, but I don't think it had ever clicked. Right. Uh Do you know that the, that prior to George W. Bush, Every war had been started by a Democrat. Yeah. So, so Democrats aren't the anti-war party. They never have been. They never have been. George but they've always, Bush was a was a change. But they've always campaigned on the fact that they're like, oh, war is bad, but it's like you start all of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what's just that is what is so that is why I think Trump's gonna win only because 
Um, Tulsi Gabbard was the anti-war Democrat. They bullied her out of the debate. They bullied her out of fucking everything. And then... I think Trump the Republic- is... I think Trump was considering hiring her for a position before she endorsed Biden. Yeah. If she would have kept her mouth shut, I think Trump would have hired her. I think so, too, because she her domestic policy was garbage. It was garbage. Her her excuse me, her domestic policy was. Straight up socialism, socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it. Um, her domestic policy was garbage. She wanted to take the guns, do process later. She was she was very much a trumpet in regards to firearms, mm-hmm. but she was the. I think Tulsi Gabbard was the last. Truthfully, non just I want to get elected Democrat that was anti war. And that was it. Which is why they had to smear with uh with being a Russian agent. Yeah. They were like, Oh, she's a she yeah, exactly. But she meant it. She's, you a, know? she's a Russian agent. She meant it. And if you mean it, you're a Russian agent. <laughs> yep. All right, so let's get to this ACB. Yes. ACB. These fucking hearings. Some of the stupidest fucking questions I have ever heard in my life. (laughs) Cory Booker asked her to denounce white supremacy. She has two black children, you fucking lunatic. Like yeah. Maisie Hanolo, or however you say her fucking name, is asked her if she had ever committed sexual assault. What the fuck are you talking about? You <laughs> fucking lunatic. And then she was like, Miss Barrett, you said that gays have a sexual preference. And that is offensive. Like, what the fuck is offensive about that? (laughs) It's always been a sexual preference. (laughs) I prefer sex with my wife. Is that not a sexual preference? That is why the left will always lose. They're fucking lunatics, man. In regards to, yeah. It's why the left will always lose in that regard, because they play the emotional, they play against emotion. That is their whole thing, is that they're like, oh, but what about the the gay people and the trans people? And it's like, dude, no one gives a fuck about the about what the gay and trans people do with their lives. Because it has no effect on my life. It has no effect on your life. It has no effect on my wife's life. It has no effect on fucking B's life. It is inconsequential. But 
They make such a fucking big deal out of it that even the fucking even the fucking moderate Democrats are like, no. We need to we need to do something about this. And they end up voting fucking Trump. Yeah, well and then and then you I did you see I guess you saw that post I made earlier today of that feminist that was like she's just promoting the patriarchy and yada 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 and i'm like nothing says woke like feminists against women on the supreme court like that is just an epitome of woke politics nowadays like up is down down is up left is right right is left it's all fucking weird it's all retarded I just, I just can't, I, I just, I look at this shit and I'm like, you people are, have lost your fucking minds. You know that, right? You do realize that you're broken, mentally fucking broken. Nothing they, you're saying is making sense. They don't realize that though. No, they think they're making points. That's the sad thing. They think they're, they're think they're, yeah. And, uh, and to attack, I mean, John Kennedy asked her after their kids left the room. John Kennedy, the Republican from Louisiana, <laughs> that dude cracks me the fuck up. He's like, some butthead, Boston University professor said that you're a white colonist because you adopted black children. In, implying you are a racist. I'm like, dude. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That dude cracks me up, man. I love my Louisiana brethren, man. That's where I'm from originally. I love Louisiana. Those people are fucking something else. I ain't even gonna yeah. lie to you. You ever get a chance to go down to Louisiana and just hang out and like meet people? You'll have such a fucking blast. You'll be like, these people are crazy as fuck. But that dude is like such a great representative of Louisiana. Some butthead Boston University professor. I was like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) I was dying. But yeah, they're calling her a white colonist because she adopted Haitian children. It's like, do you think that you're fucking, are you, are you in any way, shape or form believe that you are connecting with anybody on these talking points? Yeah, right. I just don't, it's gotta be that they're just stuck in this fucking Twitter bubble. That, I mean, that's the only thing that makes any sense to me. Yeah, you have to be... You have to be within the fucking Twitterverse to do that. And then, yesterday, you know, and the Republicans are no better. Like, seriously. Like, no, no, dude. Statists are statists. Yeah, no, but this was the fucking most like, ridiculous thing. I saw on my YouTube timeline 
I got this fucking message, and it was like, um, ACB destroys the Democrats by holding up her notes. And then the notepad is blank. And it's like, she didn't destroy anybody. She just showed them, like, I'm not reading from anything. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I know and what I think and... Like, I'm answering your questions honestly. That's all she did. Oh, we have a visitor. Hello. Hello. Is that, is She's that, got fucking noise-canceling headphones on. Is that, is that Trisha? Is she going to be on the podcast with us? She is. <laughs> Kind of, the yelling at video games. <laughs> <laughs> she's playing Overwatch, so she's screaming at fucking randos. What What does Trisha think about ACB's confirmation hearings? <sighs> Trisha doesn't think much of it because she is probably a more dyed in the wool anarchist than even fucking iron. <laughs> She's like, it's all a bunch of fucking. I chose her anarchy, and she was like, I am the fucking. I am the god king. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> so, what, do you, like, what do you make Christ. of this whole circus, man? Like, this is insanity. The way I see it, the way I see it, is that Trump wins, violence escalates. Or Biden wins and violence escalates. Either way, we're fucked. Yeah. And and things are going things are going to get worse, which is why you know, ten cent nine millimeter ammunition is now fifty cents per round like yeah. steel jacket nine millimeter is fucking 50 cents per round mm-hmm. because anyone that has their eyes open sees the writing on the wall right and it's just it's just it's not it's not gonna get better doesn't matter who wins yeah. Doesn't matter who wins or who loses, it's not going to get better. And I just fucking I just hope for the country. I hope that people realize that things are gonna get bad. And I hope that you know, maybe now people realize shit. I should have voted for liberty. I don't think they're they're gonna see. I think that the corporate press. All right. So I told you I'd tell you why I think Biden's gonna win. So let's get back to that yeah. real quick. Here's why I think Biden's gonna win. I think Biden's gonna win because the corporate press is running a trillion dollar propaganda campaign to get him to win, and that the average yeah. people only see what the corporate press wants them to see, and that any person that is attacking that narrative effectively is getting, you know, kicked off of social media, like we said earlier. 
Yes, sir. And so they're not going to allow they're they're not going to go out without a fight. And so I think that propaganda machine and the establishment is going to win this fight. I really do. Um, yeah. And, and, no, and, I I agree. The propaganda machine is honestly but, because it's such a it's such a divided country that it's it's ultimately going to come down to media representation. And the general media doesn't care for Trump because they're mostly far left. Well, I would so say the media, so the media representation is going to come down to Biden. So, so is all right. So, one of the things my one of my last podcasts was about was which one is better for liberty? Because okay, here's the way I look at the prospects of spreading liberty from now on. Spreading liberty is not going to be the Ron Paul vision of spreading liberty, of informing people and educating people and moving people through the mind towards liberty. I think spreading liberty is going to be more of the agorist uh, form of, of spreading liberty. And it's going to be showing people how to work outside the system and teach them to operate outside the system and encourage them to operate outside the system without any philosophical backing to that. No, you're right because we're at we are we are at the breaking point where Democrats and Republicans are at the most key they've ever been. And what's ultimately going to happen is there's going to be a small subset of people that are like, I think this is all bullshit. And those people are going to discover people like Tommy Salmon and Pete Quinones. And they're going to discover agorism where it's like, hey, you do your thing. People pay you to do your thing. and that's the end of the that's the end of the story, and they're going to be like, "Wow, I can perform a service without government intervention," and eventually that idea will spread, where it's like, "I can sell a good without government inter, inter uh, excuse me without government intervention," and eventually that idea will just inundate the masses and it won't matter whether you're an income or an ANCAP or anything in between because ultimately what's going to happen is you are trading your product or service for the same for the same fucking amount and it won't matter yeah so, do you think one candidate is better for that outcome than another? Honestly, if if I were to put my money on a candidate, it would be Trump, just because he pretends to be for free markets, but ultimately isn't. Yeah. 
And when people realize what an actual free market is, <coughs> like they'll be like, wow, why did I vote for Trump in 2016? Right. And that'll be it. It'll kind of be like a mass awakening. See, because I kind of think the opposite. All right. So I kind of, I kind of think that, I think that the the Trump supporters are more likely to operate in a in a gray or black market than Biden supporters are, and that if Biden wins, the Trump supporters will be feel so disenfranchised that they will be more receptive to the agorist point of view. And I mean, look, if you're if you're correct, everybody wins regardless. That's kind of that's kind of the the greatest thing about this is that no matter what, people are going to wake up to the fact that they have been lied to by yeah. Yeah, by whatever party they you know, believe in. But once people start doing things and they start making money and they're successful, they're going to, whether they like Biden, excuse me, whether they like Biden or Trump, they're going to ultimately come to the same conclusion, which is that dealing with people individually is better than dealing with people collectively. And that is the that that is the natural state of things. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. So well I think that's a good place to stop. Go ahead and go ahead and plug your website and plug Trisha's website and anything else you gotta plug, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you like science fiction and you like dystopia, I wrote a book that came out in May of 2020. It's called Project Manicore. You can find it on uh, Amazon Kindle. You can find it on Amazon in paperback. I also do graphic design. And if you would like me to design new graphics, you can go to ryanbunting.com, R-Y-A-N-B-U-N-T-I-N-G.com. And you can find everything you need right there. You will be emailing me directly. I will talk to you and work with you and do what you need to do. My wife does um, editing. So if, if you are writing a book, or if you are, you know, writing for a website, what have you. She can provide all the services you need. She's wonderful. I love her to death. And she will edit your book objectively and fairly. It may hurt sometimes, but she's correct. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Tommy knows what I'm talking about, but yeah, she did, a great, she did a great job on my book. Yeah, she uh, she she is extremely fair, and it's just like 
it's good, but at the same time, they're like, fuck, man, I wish I had somebody that was a little more lenient, but she is, she, she truly is, she is very fair, and she will tell you whether something reads properly or doesn't, and yeah, she's phenomenal, so if you want to get in touch with her, you can by all means get in touch with me at ryanbunning.com, and yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, man. All right. Just give me one second. I'm going to shut this down. Okay. That was Mr. Ryan Bunting. That was probably the most anarchist conversation I've ever had. It was all over the place. It was like the Chaz of podcasts. So, I'm Tommy Salmons. Late. <laughs>